Hey there, Tony here again with the Words and Music of Faith, Hope, and Love podcast, episode 23. Let's see, by my estimates, I think that by the end of the year, it'll be about six months that I've been going at this. So, uh, let's see, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, I might just make six months before the end of the year. Hmm, pretty cool. Well, I'm glad you're out there. I hope you'll stick with me and we'll get six more after that and keep on going till, um, I don't know, maybe uh, the Lord returns. That'd be cool. Um, this past week, of course, has been Thanksgiving week. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and that you don't feel too full. Uh, we did a great job here at the Funder Ranch. We had fish and my wife made an awesome sweet potato dish that Oh, man, you just it's like you just want to eat the whole thing. But what we did was we've been following, uh, she's a health coach, so we've been following her own guidelines to eat smaller portions. And, um, man, it works so much better. We don't feel full. We don't feel stuffed. We don't feel sleepy. It was great. So we had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you did too. Um, and so, of course, the uh, some of the posts that I did this past week were, uh, centered around uh, Thanksgiving and thankful thankfulness and all that. And uh, I just like to get right into it, if you don't mind. You don't mind? Okay. Uh, you know, the moment you were conceived, you were given the indescribable gift of life. Indescribable gift of life. It's indescribable because no one can truly describe life. I don't know if you've ever tried. In fact, to merely describe it, Somewhat implies we have a good understanding of what it is. But I believe we can only perceive life. We can't really describe it. How many times have you heard the age-old question, what's the meaning of life? I mean, you've heard that, right? Over and over. We fragile human beings hurl ourselves at the future, oftentimes without genuine appreciation of the now. And now is the only place in time you can function. Certainly, we can know we have a past, but we can never go back there. And we can't even change even one millisecond. We also have a future, but the only control we have over it depends on what we do with now. So right now, do you love yourself? It seems like a question of arrogance, doesn't it? But it's really not. Even God says you are to love your neighbor as yourself. That's in the Bible. Simply put, we are to love ourselves. Not as the world might have you believe, but... With respect to and for the indescribable gift of life we have from God. Now, I bet you feed, water, and groom yourself, right? You make sure you stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. You clothe yourself, and you've given yourself many, many gifts, I'll bet. And you absolutely should do these things. And you should seek to do them for others as well. Remember, your neighbor, whether it's next door or thousands of miles away, has been given the indescribable gift of life too. But maybe their life isn't going so well right now. Well, do what you can to comfort them, and if they're willing, share some things they can do to be healthier in body, soul, and spirit. Show them how what they eat directly affects their body, or share with them how what they feed their eyes and ears directly affects their soul and spirit. And this doesn't guarantee a changed heart, soul, or person, but even if they refuse to hear, receive, and implement the information, you're still doing what God would have you do. And that shows how you appreciate what He's done for you. 
As the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And now you can see where I got that. The indescribable gift coming right from uh, 2 Corinthians 9.15. And it's Paul's words. I also wrote about, uh, or actually shared some lyrics to a song I wrote, uh, let's see, back in 1974. Yeah, 1974. More than uh, just a little while ago. Uh, It's called Fooling Yourself. Now, are you fooling yourself about what's important? No matter how much you achieve in this life, no matter what you build or attain or receive, no matter how many people you know, if you don't have the source of life in you, you're merely fooling yourself to think all is well. No, you are dead and will always remain that way. But that fate is so avoidable. You were born a three-part person, body, soul, and spirit. Your body formed in your mother's womb, and it matured as you were nurtured, fed, and watered. Your soul, in a sense, is your unique software. Kind of like a computer has to have software. It's where the untouchable code of all you are, your thoughts, memories, philosophy, all of that exists. Your spirit is where life resides, or at least it can reside if you're willing. Life doesn't come from nothing. It doesn't come from rocks. It doesn't come from a magical, mystical combination of chemicals and sparks. Life comes from God. He's the source of life. And being the righteous benefactor he is, he offers you eternal life. He doesn't force you to choose. He doesn't force his decision on you. He makes the offer and allows you to accept or reject it. God would love for you to live with him in paradise forever, but he won't make you if you don't want to. If you prefer your own path, your own kingdom, as it were, your own universe, God has made a place where you can go and exist forever. Just one problem. You won't be able to take your body or your spirit just your soul. And remember the description of that. Your choice to be apart from God states that you'd rather he didn't impart his spirit of life into you. So your spirit will remain empty and unable to exist forever. I think you can clearly see what happens to the bodies of every living person, right? They wear out and eventually they fall away from their souls. What happens after that depends on the choice you made. Eternal life, or the alternative. Now, if you think this life here on planet Earth is all there is, you're fooling yourself. If you think you can sustain your own spirit for eternity, you're fooling yourself. If you think there's any paradise apart from God, you're fooling yourself. Please turn your back on your own limited perspective and capabilities and learn to lean on the everlasting love of God. He's made an awesome place for all who do. And if you go to my website, TonyFunderburk.com, and look for the article called Fooling Yourself, you'll see a picture I drew of a guy facing, he's face-to-face with himself. If you go to that article, Fooling Yourself, uh, you'll see the lyrics to the song that I wrote in 1974. There's a little enticement to go to the website and check that out. I hope you will. 
and uh, leave me some comments there, you know, some feedback. What do you think? Um, as far as thinking goes, I know that a lot of you had thankful thoughts this past week, right? Well, obviously, a, a lot of Americans are having those kind of thankful thoughts um, right around this time, and I'm certainly no exception. You know, I just did a quick search for the word Thanksgiving in the Bible, and I found 40 results right off the bat. From Leviticus to Revelation, I found men full of need and needs being met and thanksgiving to God. True thanksgiving isn't found merely in a bountiful table of food or being with friends and family for the day. No, true thanksgiving can only be to God. After all, if it wasn't for Him, no one on the planet would be on the planet. And there really wouldn't be anything at all to be thankful for or to. So, on this special day we Americans set aside and call Thanksgiving, I'd like to say how thankful I am to have so many blessings in my life. Like, a wife and helpmate who loves, cares, and nurtures, and makes wonderful sweet potato dishes. And you for reading my words and listening to my music. Please never stop doing that digital tools that make my work so much easier to create and share, a very nice roof over my head, an unquenchable thirst for knowledge and wisdom, and most of all, thankful to God who made a way for me to live eternally in paradise. Those are just a few of my thankful thoughts today, and my blessings outnumber my trials and tribulations, and I pray that you can say that for yourself too. And... Here again is a place where if you go to um, TonyFundenberg.com and look up the article Thankful Thoughts, you'll see a picture of hands in a prayer position. Uh, there you'll see lyrics to a song that I wrote some time ago called I Can't Hide It. And um, that's one that I think I might uh, revamp and make a new version of. Let me know. See, uh, say, Tony, hey, um, nah, don't worry about it. Don't, don't renew it. Just leave it where it was. It's good enough. Or, uh, you know, hey, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, Tony. Record it. Yeah. I, I did uh, follow up my, my thankful thoughts post with, um, I don't know, I guess you could say an op-ed on uh, Black Friday. Now, I know that Black Friday is a big deal to retailers, and apparently it's a big deal to a lot of shoppers because, oh man, I read stories after I wrote this article of things that didn't go so well for the shoppers. And um, what I wrote was, uh, you know, I said, okay, say it with me. Today is the day I will not go into the red to help someone else get in the black. Pay lots more in the future for what I take home now. Stand in line for something that will be there next week at the same price, most likely. Become part of a frenzied crowd or mob. And yes, that did happen. Change my mind about what's a truly good deal. And I just ask you to do a little research. You'll see what I'm talking about. Allow any hype to change my mood or my attitude. And buy into the retail message of Christmas while forfeiting the real message. I will not do any of those things. Please, say it with me. Say you will not either. Although, maybe you already did, and I hope it came out of it unscathed. 
Uh, I wrote this the day after Thanksgiving. And for my money, that's the only sensible way of looking at it. You know, Black Friday. I've seen lots of advertising and marketing for Black Friday. And listen to me, it's so unnecessary. Retailers would have you believe that continuing to visit with your friends, family, and relatives is such an awful strain and oh, so boring. Malls and department stores and online marketers want you to buy like no other day of the year can possibly match the bargains of today. Here's what I say to that. Poppycock, balderdash, gobbledygook, and codswallop. Got that? Today, Friday, Black Friday, is the day for traditional retailers to kick off their, quote, season, unquote, of selling to make up for the rest of the year. That's why they call it Black Friday. This is their chance to get in the black and get out of the red. So, you want to know what the most ironic part of it is? Many of those retailers, by no means all, are not Christians. They do not believe or trust in God, and they even think we Christians are small-minded fools. But they're more than willing to take the fool's money. I'm not at all for taking the gift-giving out of Christmas. I love getting and giving gifts. But I just don't want anyone to be able to profit from my faith in God in one hand while they thumb their nose at Him with the other. And I certainly don't want to buy into the hype that today is the day the year's best bargains appear. You can feel free to totally disregard my heartfelt tips. and I know it's fun to go out and shop right now since the Christmas music is playing and the decorations are popping out everywhere. But as for me and my household, I think we'll take a drive in the mountains, drink some eggnog, and watch some good old black and white movies. That's just kind of what we think is a, a fun day instead of getting out there and banging elbows for 10% off. No, no, Tony, it's 70% 70, 70 off. Okay, whatever. I um After that, I shared uh, a story about... Uh, uh, I call it the orange bird. And it was about this, um, well, I tell you what, I'll just get right in and tell you the story. I'll just read it like I wrote it. There it was, in a jewelry store window. And I've never really been the kind of guy who wears jewelry, but it was very cool. It was made of some sort of ivory or marble or something. Whatever it was, I just couldn't loosen my gaze on the orange bird. I was strolling through a shopping district in Kansas City on a date with a girl who will remain nameless, and it was right around this time of year, Christmas. And as a songwriter I know very well put it, the shoppers did that shuffle that they do when the snowflakes fall. The air was brisk, but very bearable. Christmas lights shined a rainbow in the sky, and decorations of metallic glass were hanging off leafless tree limbs. Our date conversation wasn't forced, but it wasn't exactly free-flowing yet either. Both of us knew we were enjoying the evening, but we still didn't know each other well enough to have anything in common to talk about. So we made small talk at first. Then we passed by a jewelry store window framed in contrasting blonde brick and gold lame stone. Tiny white blinking Christmas lights also meandered around the frame of the window. And there were some elegant watches and diamond earrings and, you know, the usual gold jewelry displayed on rich burgundy velvet. 
and there was even a diamond pendant attached to what appeared to be a miniature aspen limb. It was all white and everything. But what really caught my eye, what stood out in the midst of all that, was an orange bird. It looked like it was made of polished ivory, but it was orange. Could it be marble? Could it be some rare orange jade or onyx or sapphire? No, that just didn't make sense. Well, I commented to my date about how beautiful it was, and she totally agreed. It was by far the least expensive item in the display, and, and yet I thought it was the most unique. It stood out by artful comparison. My imagination kicked in, and as it so often did back then, and I could see words taking form, even a song. So we walked on and enjoyed dinner and a movie, and, and I drove her home. And there were only a few more dates with this lovely girl, and we somehow drifted apart. You know how those things go, but the story didn't end there. A few weeks later on Christmas, I got out of bed and showered and dressed and headed out the front door to visit my family for the day. But on my doorstep was a greeting card with my name on the front. I looked around and didn't see anyone, so picked it up. I opened the card and read a very touching message next to a tiny drawing of a bird flying through the air. And the message will remain a mystery. It'll remain with me. But here's the cool thing. The orange bird I saw weeks earlier in the jewelry store window dropped out of the envelope. It was a necklace. Like I said, I don't really wear jewelry, but I wore that orange bird around my neck several times before retiring it to one of my memory boxes. Somewhere, sometime, I don't know where or when, the orange bird was lost but not before I wrote a song about it. And, there again, I invite you to go to TonyFunderberg.com, look up the article Orange Bird, and you'll see a picture of an orange bird that I drew to uh, kind of go along with it. And uh, you can read those uh, lyrics. They were actually lyrics to a song, um, which as I read it out loud, and I see a couple of, uh, see a couple of chords I jotted down on the old... Uh, uh, notebook back in 1974. Uh, the melody actually comes into my head. That's pretty cool. Now I'd like to uh, finish up with uh, something I guess more fitting for a Sunday. This is uh, an article I wrote based on uh, 1 Corinthians 15. This is called A False Witness is a Fool. A False Witness is a Fool. Uh, if this whole story of how Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago is merely a fairy tale, a fable, a legend, then I've been duped, and I've been a false witness. That's not good. But you see, it's like this. Since I was 13, I've been agreeing with the notion and perpetuating the idea that Jesus was and is a real person. I've told people how he suffered a horrible death for the sins of the world. And I've shared how he rose again from the dead to show us how we can also rise again into eternal life. Now, I wholeheartedly agree this all sounds silly to an unbeliever. But to one who believes and trusts in the accounts of the life of Jesus found in the Bible, it all makes complete sense. The Bible appears to do a pretty darn good job of explaining how we came to be, who we are, and why we even exist. Still, if there is no God, if there never was a man born of a virgin, son of God, named Jesus, 
I've been a false witness and a fool. If the story has proved to be false, I would ask for your forgiveness as well as your pity. I'd hope you could find it in your heart to have mercy and compassion for me. And I would also desire to know more about your faith, provided it was placed in the actual truth. But, you knew there would be a but, didn't you? My hope, trust, belief, and faith are in a risen Savior. I'm compelled by the insurmountable evidence found in manuscripts and archaeology and prophecy and the laws of statistical probabilities, not to mention pure science, but I'll mention it anyway. I'm compelled by the truly changed lives I've seen throughout my lifetime. The hopeless find hope. The helpless find help. The unloved find love. There is no other message in the history of the world that so brilliantly and breathtakingly conveys an eternal love toward every human being. Only the righteous and redeeming message of God taking on human flesh to take the punishment we deserve can so completely renew and strengthen our spirits. We fail and God's love flourishes. We sin and God saves. We doubt and God delivers. I don't for a second believe I'm being a false witness or a fool to share this with you. My hope is for those who disagree to accept the love God wants them to have. My hope is for failures to fight, for sinners to see, and for doubters to discover. My hope is in the Lord. And hope is one of the cornerstones of my whole website. Faith, Hope, and Love. And that's what I hope to convey to you each week as I write the articles and I share the articles in this podcast that there is faith, hope, and love for things beyond what you can see, smell, taste, hear, beyond this world. Eternal life is waiting for you if you'll just accept Jesus as your Savior. And it's an easy thing to do. It truly is. Just give up trying to be God yourself, that's all. And on that note, I'll finish up the Words and Music of Faith, Hope, and Love podcast episode 23. This is Tony Funderburk inviting you to go to TonyFunderburk.com for um, lots more words and music. And I hope to see you next week. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Till then, God bless.